Hey guys, welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of the Every Plant Story Podcast, the podcast where we share all sorts of plant stories from the life of us here at Gabriella Plants and around our plant community. My name is Shane Malloy. I'm the founder and president of Gabriella Plants, and I'm your host for this podcast along today with just a single co-host, Brett Weiss, who is our head grower for Gabriella Plants in 2021. How are you doing today, Brett? Wonderful. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so happy to have you back on the podcast. Um, we have a lot to cover today. It's just going to be you and me, but how have things been going at the greenhouse? Oh, so good. Um, we're in March already, which is crazy. I've been here three months and uh, things are growing. Things are things are really starting to pick it up now that we're getting those warm, warm days and not as cold nights. Uh, things are rolling. Yeah. The, we talked about that last podcast was just uh, there isn't a whole lot of 30 miles an hour with growing plants in Florida because we do we don't really have spring as a as a weather season you know (laughs) we really just we truly do just go from winter and I mean winter is even a joke to most of the people uh listening to this podcast because our definition of winter is like oh I got to go get a jacket at 60 um (laughs) but either way it, it is always a it always catches you off guard how quickly things go zero to 60 in the greenhouse as far as just like absolutely hit the wall and you're seeing it for the first time really come into fruition. I mean, cuttings are starting to pour over the edges of baskets. The ones you were waiting on all winter long are suddenly able to grow everything you were waiting on in a matter of two weeks. And Exactly. And now it's time that there were things that we bought in for production towards the end of winter, towards the end of 2020, that we were, you know, holding off on producing because I knew that if we stuck it in January, it wasn't going to grow at all. So I, I kind of was telling everyone on the team that once March hits, we're just going to we're going to go start, crazy. Yep. Uh, cutting everything up. And so now that's that time. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. Right on schedule, though. Exactly. And it's it's super it's super cool because not only do you get the more cuttings that, that just start to grow much quicker, but you also get the the benefit of when you plant a cutting your success rate is higher exactly. as the as the weather warms and even if the success rate wasn't all that different it does just root in and start growing faster too Absolutely. so even the process of you know things being as you use the phrase in production mm-hmm. um explain a little bit uh, that that was kind of a phrase i you know we kind of had used off and on and i've shared with you some of you know just the difference between the reasons why the the things we plant to grow for sale and then the things mm-hmm. we plant for um, our own in-house cuttings and, and to be able to maintain our stock. But what when people see your Instagram posts of, of this is going into production or this plant that we haven't been able to grow before is now being worked on, um, what does that mean? What can customers learn from from the ability to see what we're working on? I mean, that's always been something that's made Gabriella cool as we can be just outwardly transparent with what we're working on but what does in production mean when people see that right so I think some people get get really excited right off the bat as and I mean rightfully so you know if I'm if I'm posting that uh, we got sis's discolor you know potted into three inch pots to hopefully get into production one day um, and I have them sitting in uh, humidity domes that is something that they get really, really excited seeing that plant. Like, oh my goodness, yay! Like next week, I'm going to be able to order cystis color. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, that's that's not how that works. Like, we're taking those cuttings and we're sticking them, but now we have to not only get them to root, get them to grow, but then we also have to get quantity up enough that we can offer 
these plants to more than just 20 people and also not completely sell out our own stock so that we can't in the future produce more. So from the time that we stick the plant, I mean, I would think it's going to be at least four to six months before something like that shows up on the website. And then even then in limited batches. Right, right. And and speaking of in limited batches, I think that that I, I love I love that definition you gave. I also think that in a lot of these newer plants, it is fairly common for us to only have, um, let's just say, uh, 28 mm-hmm. or, or 30-ish of something. Uh, maybe even we could have planted more or we had more cuttings, but we also wanted to kind of hedge our bets in the same way that we have to maintain our own cuttings for, for future production's sake. Uh, in the same way, we sometimes will use those trial batches to experiment with the new soil right. uh, mix that we want to we want to use for that particular plant or something like that. So sometimes those trials are also fairly limited in scope because they are still trials. What are what are some of the things you've been trying right. that people may see? Um, well, we put out that video about the Chlorophytum Fire Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, was super so cool. that's a, it's an orange spider plant, essentially. Um, very, very awesome, unique plant. Um, but we're growing those from seed. Um, one of my personal plants decided to flower, and you know, we're getting probably like 300, 400 seeds from a, a couple of those plants. Wow. Um, and that's something that we're trialing. And you know, we sowed all of those seeds, but now we need them to germinate. We need to be able to um, split them and, and pot them up and grow them out. And so it is. There's a time and a process with it. Um, and then I think going back to what you were saying about, I think the colloquial term would be, don't put all all of your eggs in one basket. Is like with this is this discolor. You're right. Like we took cuttings and and we are trying in three inch. But did I cut every single one of the stock baskets back? down to nothing just to you know produce a bunch get them all planted at no, once yeah no, no because we have to you have to be cautious because if something happens to that initial trial batch like now we're out and now we're never going to be able to offer those to customers and we would hate to do that yeah and 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 it's good it's been so cool to see you like taking all those i, I mean to me those are always like the harder grower lessons to learn because mm-hmm. unfortunately you typically don't learn to hedge your bets and not put all your chickens in one basket <laughs> until you have put all your chickens in one basket. I and can recall. Happens. Yeah. I mean, I can recall when I was, um, hopefully dad doesn't mind me sharing this. <laughs> I was like six years old or something, uh, when I was much smaller. And at the time my dad only grew two species or I mean, probably multiple species, but it was all ferns mm-hmm. and the, the patented syngoniums, the, the mm-hmm. Bob illusions, the different illusion series and things. And, our entire greenhouse for those of you who have seen it i mean was mostly syngoniums and he had and he had it only in two different crops you know ferns and syngoniums if it was on a bench it was a syngonium if it was hanging on a hanger (laughs) it was a fern and that was about it um i'm sure there was a little bit more in there but the point was he then had a breakout of xanthomonas which wiped out about three quarters i mean it didn't in, it didn't completely kill three quarters, but mm-hmm. once you start seeing it on a bench, Absolutely. it's a lot better to just toss the whole bench than try to fight that particular uphill battle. Right. Um, yeah, and that really hurt him a lot because he was really invested in. So some of those trial batches and hedging the bet 
may not only just be because we're not sure if we can propagate it successfully, mm-hmm. it may also be hedging the bed against the winter and and the the temperatures um, and that kind of thing, or it may be a disease or, or other things like that. So it's it's always a good practice to one, be diversified in what we grow, which I think right. we're doing a great job at, um, but also to, yeah, keep, keep planting in batches that you can mm-hmm recover if one batch has a particular problem and then as these batches you know start to get somewhere close to ready and then we stick new ones that also allows us to have staging you know and be able to offer these somewhat consistently but in smaller quantities but that way it's not just one and done and then everyone who's waiting on the website you know has the hope that if they Mm -hmm. missed it out this time they can get it next time yeah absolutely what what is your uh favorite thing you've you've planted as of late um, well, I just cut up a bunch of, uh, my college calls it herd of turtles, which I've never heard before, but Peperomia prostrata, which is string of turtles. Okay. I okay. think, I think herd of turtles is hilarious because if I, gr- if I see a group of turtles, I do not call them a herd, but no, no that's great. Cre- <laughs> that's creative points for creativity. <laughs> yes. I like that. Um, so I did chop up a bunch of, uh, Peperomia prostrata and so I have those rooting in in pots, so we'll see. Now, that is, disclaimer, those pots are just for stock. We're building up stock. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, in production, but longer, longer ways out. Yeah. Um, And then I think just some philodendron I'm really excited about. Uh, I have a passion for aeroids, um, and so I cut up and propagated some philodendron grazael mm-hmm. some yeah I'm, philodendron I'm, I'm honestly Mary. really excited yeah i'm really excited like pers- <laughs> personally i can't wait to have one of those because that's been on my list so when i saw that you were planting them i was like well if there's one perk to to, to being in the position i am that will definitely be mine so that's awesome, that's awesome. um yep yeah, so philodendron bloody mary i got some pothos global green mm-hmm. going um i think we're now on our third batch of global green that has been stuck so wow very exciting that's awesome um and then more specialty ones i'm about to cut up some philodendron bernardo pazi this week mm-hmm. philodendron blite um beautiful orange petioles so there's those are of- huge too we, yes, we really are. let those <laughs> we kind of let I, I the nice way to say it would be that we let them get mature so we could <laughs> propagate them the other the other way to put it is we let them get out of control but- i was about to say transparency <laughs> says that they they were there on the bench and and they got out of control yeah but and then just, uh, <laughs> more plants to cut up it's okay yeah exactly that's i mean that's the process and we we said this last week but uh you know there is no real catching up in the greenhouse which is both depressing because you never (laughs) you never quite get to like job well done but it's also just so rewarding because there's so many jobs and probably a couple listeners could relate where you know you almost just wish you had the challenge you wish you had something to go work on you know you kind of don't really get a whole lot of fulfillment out of having a job where you don't have a lot to do Mm -hmm. so um you don't have that problem being a grower though there's always something to do exactly there's always something to do and the things change like it, you know, you could walk into the greenhouse one day and it'd be one thing you have to tackle and then come in and it's a, it's a whole, you know, complete different ball game, um, which makes it exciting. Yeah. And it's been really cool to see you learning that flexibility, too, because it is it is a complete changing of priorities sometimes morning yep. to morning just based on what 
what you noticed or what you saw or what feedback you got. And so. I'm excited to do this podcast a year from now and be like, let me tell you these <laughs> things that I've learned over this past year. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll have to just make a Brett podcast at some point. And just like the, everything Brett's learned, uh, all condensed into one. Well, that's awesome. Speaking of like, uh, so obviously great news so much is in production. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure people will be really happy to, to know about that. Um, throughout the year so far that these first three months, what have you, what else have you seen growing in the team and in what's going on there? Not just how many, uh, new plants we're planting, but Mm -hmm. what else has been going on in the greenhouse? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of this is, it comes back to you and is very commendable for you that we have, I would say, almost fully automated the entire greenhouse at this point, that we have um, curtains on the sides and back of the greenhouse that we can open to allow for airflow mm-hmm. and you know let heat out. And then we also have top curtains at, at the top of the greenhouse since hot air rises. It's, you know, sometimes it's better. a way to passively cool the greenhouse. Exactly. Um, so now those are all set up that you can control it off of an app on your phone. Um, we have watering, I feel like, down to a science that everything is controlled via an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got heaters and fans. And I, the the amount of automation that is in this greenhouse that really isn't at a huge scale. Like mm-hmm. the greenhouse itself isn't. No, mag- no, we're tiny, tiny, tiny. The the fact that there is so much automation and technology just blows me away because with, you know, working and seeing different greenhouses throughout my life, like this is, uh, we are so far ahead from like the rest of the industry. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, you say it's for me, but I mean, there's, there's <laughs> an entire team that, that makes our technology possible. Um, Curtis, Robert and, um, Chuck have all been really mm-hmm. instrumental in whether it's doing the actual code to develop the apps that we use for tracking and, and handling things in the greenhouse. And, and also even Curtis now is um, doing a lot of R&D with me on now we're even getting to the point where we're making our own temperature sensors and, and different things. So, so cool. we, we, we got to the point where we were starting to automate and starting to use things. We were just using consumer mm-hmm. you know devices out of the box. So now that we're getting our our feet beneath us and honestly tackling more technical challenges all the time, learning more and more about what we can, what we can do better. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it keeps getting, it keeps getting crazier. So <laughs> and, and I, even sitting here, I'm like, I, I don't even think I've told Brett about like the thing that's printing on the 3d printer right now. Oh, <laughs> um, and you know, Shane will come and he'll tell me about like the ins and outs of all this technology. And I'm like, let me tell you the history of Dracaena, but uh, I grow plants. So I mean, you do that, you do that. And I love that. And I love that because it's really, it really ultimately is, is let us getting to do what we, what we love most. And I, obviously I love plants, but I've always been a techie guy. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, that's awesome. Um, what in the greenhouse right now would you say is like the thing you're most looking forward to plant wise, like this, even say summer. So don't get your hopes up too, too high (laughs) listeners, but, um, so we have, we have expanded our collection. So not only are we, uh, producing more things from cuttings that we hadn't produced before that basically either, myself or the greenhouse just already had these stock baskets of that had never gotten uh, propagated. So we're growing those. We're also bringing in a wider variety and, you know, more 
uh, variations of what we produce from tissue culture. Um, so we've started growing and expanding an arid collection to be able to offer customers more than just tropicals. So we have Echeverias and Haworthias growing. We have a Denium, which are desert rose. We have four different colors of desert rose growing. So when those start to flower, they're going to be so pretty. And I mean, they already have like little forms is the ter- technical term for like a swollen trunk. So they already have like little Buddha bellies on them and they're really cute. Every time you start talking, see, this is what I'm talking about. You're like, every time <laughs> I walk into the greenhouse talking about some techie thing and then, and then you just go straight into a word that i can't even i can't even describe that's awesome um, um no i saw those on yeah. on there and we have obviously those are in the, that kind of bright greenhouse in the back there a little more dry and desert like yeah so when i came in the greenhouse didn't have benches and mm-hmm. so i was like how can i best utilize the space because we hadn't been utilizing it because it is a we very, didn't have benches very, in the back we didn't right, have right, benches right. <laughs> just not in the very back yeah um and that very back area it was very bright like too bright which is i mean that's why there really wasn't a push to have benches in that section because you know, yeah, put a, a jade mo- pothos underneath. Exactly. That. I was going to say Moonlight Field Engine. So, yeah. yeah, same page. Like, it's going to burn. So, I said, let's grow something that's going to work here. And so, we got those plants. We also have a couple different types of Sansevieria going um, the whale tail, Sansevieria mm-hmm. Um Those are big, too. Yes. Yeah, that's going to. We have Cylindrica braids, um, a Sansevieria Sayuria, Sayuri, uh, Samurai. Um, yeah, a bunch of things. Yeah, they're th- th- those benches in the back are, are getting full too. Oh, yeah, you they, were like, I got a couple. <laughs> you were like, I got a couple ideas, and I came back like a week and a half later, and every <laughs> single bench was made, and there was plants on them and everything else. Um, speaking of uh, the newer plants, I I know that you were also one of the things that's always I don't know I don't, I don't wanna, all plants are your hobby and your profession. <laughs> it's the same for me too, but like. You obviously have always been kind of dabbling in the carnivorous plant world too. Yes. Uh, I know you recently kind of got a hold of some that we can start growing right. here so, too. Um, previously, Gabriella had offered Nepenthes alata, which, fun fact here, um, what is sold as Nepenthes alata is actually a cultivar name alata, and it's not the species. There is a species of Nepenthes called Nepenthes alata, but what it is sold as alata is actually a naturally occurring hybrid of Nepenthes um, ventricosa and Nepenthes alata. Um, So, you know, we sell the cross. And so... Now, what is the... Just for somebody mm -hmm. who isn't familiar, what is the common name for Nepenthes? Oh, Nepenthes are tropical pitcher plants. Right. So they have the little... Uh, uh, The pitcher is basically that um, the plant will secrete and exude a uh, digestive enzyme that sits in the bottom of the pitcher. And so that mostly sweet smelling um liquid will attract insects and things that will then fall to their demise it's basically the naturally forming like (laughs) put the sugar vinegar water in a Mm -hmm. in a short dish and put it on to trap all the ants to just walk right in there i mean it's basically the naturally forming version of that exactly and then the plant gains uh nutrition from the um insects or whatnot that uh, dissolve in those pitchers. Um, so previously we had offered a lot of in five inch hanging baskets, I believe. And so we have now brought in three new cultivars. We have Nepenthes Miranda growing, which uh, Miranda will get pitchers easily over eight inches. 
Whoa. Absolutely huge. Um, That's a decent pit. You didn't start doing your watering around your house with that picture. That's <laughs> <side. laughs> uh, We have Nepenthes Suki, which they are a smaller statured Nepenthes, um, maxing out at only about four to five inches in length. But I've seen mature ones that are probably four inches wide. So it's like a goblet, Ooh. basically. Okay. They're so cool. Maybe I, maybe they should consider renaming these, like <laughs> to describe the picture itself, you would right? Think. Like that, I, that I would do be not a cool know. naming scheme. I, I agree. Okay. Um, and then we describe have... Describe the size of your picture <laughs> in, in the name of the picture plan. I don't know. I think we could, could have fun with that. Yeah, I think it could work. <laughs> and uh, lastly, we have Nepenthes St. Gaia, which is a new cultivar out there. Um, and so it has modeled pictures um so red and yellow and very pretty and so we have them growing um in four inch some in five inch hanging baskets and then uh you know we got those in and also i was like how can we best grow grow these and so we created a or you know i created a a carnivorous mix that we have them in so it's a mix of uh different amounts of um our standard potting mix which is peat moss perlite and then added perlite and then added repti bark to be able to add, uh, to be able to gain aeration. Yeah, more airflow, let it dry out a little bit. Exactly. A little bit quicker, not quite as thick of a soil medium as the peat can sometimes get and to. They're doing good. They're, they're uh, growing on. Um, and then as well, so Nepenthes are tropical pitcher plants. You then have Saracenia, which are temperate pitcher plants. Um, Saracenia are uh, bog dwelling um and live in the ground whereas nepenthes are viners and they'll climb um and from completely different parts of the world um and so we do have some saracenia coming in we have four different varieties of saracenia and so we are in the works of essentially uh people are back at the greenhouse right now as we speak getting the area prepped and we're going to start prototyping different like pseudo bog scenarios that we can grow these um saracenia in now bog like swamp essentially yeah so bog is a term for that type of ecosystem that is a a slow moving almost stagnant type of water ecosystem um what we're going to do to augment our uh setup is that we are going to have circulation pumps that are used for like saltwater aquariums because it in a greenhouse and like most places if we have just a huge body of sitting water we are going to get mosquitoes mm-hmm. um and and you're you are opening yourself up to any other like bug exactly. even if it's not a pest to exactly. a plant you know um, it is water so right. and like yes they are pitcher plants and they could eat the bugs but i mean i'm not trying to get bit as i'm you yeah know, working with these things yeah <laughs> you, you, the last thing you want on a hot summer 84 degree night at the coolest <laughs> point in the day is to also be bit up by mosquitoes exactly. inside the greenhouse um so they'll be they'll be grown in water basically um because being from a bog scenario they need to stay wet at all times um so it's just a matter of finding that best mix that can stay wet but not compact so much that the plant isn't able to, you know, grow and thrive. That's crazy. Now, if, if it is surviving in water, does that mean it does more? Now, obviously, plants don't breathe or have lungs necessarily, mm-hmm. but does it do all of its breathing above ground or does it does it try to get oxygen from the water or, or how, do, how no, does that a, work? That's a good question. So, Saracenia or Rhizomatis, um, so they do have a somewhat basic root system um that 
does help with water uptake and nutrient uptake, but is also primarily for um, support to be able to hold themselves up in these very sandy, wet conditions. And then Mm -hmm. they spread primarily rhizomes are um, basically just below the soil surface stems that creep horizontally. And then the new pitchers arise from those rhizomes. Um, And so the roots are you know, somewhat primitive really for support. And then the pitchers do most of the uh, metabolizing and everything. Interesting. So they actually kind of, I don't breathe is the wrong word. Like I Mm -hmm. said, but they kind of breathe through the pitcher itself. Yes. That's crazy. I didn't know. Transpiration, respiration, um, you know, photosynthesizing, all of those things are going to be taken care of by the pitcher. I just need to just have you in my office for like an hour every, <laughs> every week. Cause I learned so much every time I get to talk to you, you're, you're a, you're a true treasure. Um, any other carnivorous things that you like wish we could do one day? Or, um, uh, I am, I am currently seeking, uh, a source for sundews. Um, sundews are really cool. Uh, it's a different type of carnivorous, um, evolutionary adaptation so instead of pitchers they have pads that have hairs on them that are covered with a sticky substance so essentially um an insect or something will land on the pad get stuck to it and then that pad will close and like uh furl up like a fist almost like a closing fist and it'll retract and bring itself into the center of its body and then it'll slowly digest the um, insect there. Whoa. Yeah. And then, that's some creepy stuff. <laughs> and then once it has fully digested it, it will put its arm back out and unfurl and open back up waiting for the next one. Oh my gosh. Um, and so unlike, so, uh, pitcher, I'm sorry, not pitcher plants, Venus flytraps, um, are also awesome, but Venus flytraps have a limited capacity as in a flytrap can only close three times and then it dies. And then not the whole plant, but that specific Mm -hmm. flytrap dies. Whereas uh, the way that sundews work is that pad, as long as the plant is healthy, is it can eat as many bugs and you know open and close as much as it wants. Um, That's crazy. And I also hear they're pretty easy to to cultivate. So I'm looking for a good source for some of those. And you know that'd be awesome, man. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, One more thing. I know we don't have all day, uh, but I did want to touch on this. I threw out to you a couple weeks ago that one of the things we get asked a lot um, in questions are, are, hey, what are a couple good beginner plants? What are a couple good, you know, low light plants? Uh, What's safe for my pet? So we're, you know, I kind of threw it to you of, hey, you may know a little bit more of this, obviously, (laughs) from those of you listening to the podcast, you know why I probably asked Brett. (laughs) Um, And I said, hey, you know, maybe we can start kind of slowly turning on this. And you did do some work on that, right? Yeah. So, um I don't know when they can expect it on the website. Yeah, it's a work in progress. It'll, it'll, you'll most like customers will most likely see these changes on uh, beginning April first, which is okay. for most of our cust- for most of our forward and internal facing changes. Mm-hmm. Um, that change of policy, whether it's like our written limit policies or anything like that, those typically get rolled out on the quarterly basis, just like we do all team meetings quarterly. Um, mainly because it's the only real time we have now that we're multi-location mm-hmm. for us to all be on the same page as far as some changes we're making. And it's also a great time to to um, 
begin that new policy with well, our hearing, customers. Hearing so. April 1st makes me happy because that gives me another week or two to it, finish this up. But what were you working on? Yeah, Shane tasked me with, uh, I'm taking the plants that we offer and we're putting them in different collections or categories, basically based on high or low light, beginner or advanced uh, you know, plant care, um, pet friendly, mm-hmm. uh, I think those were the seven. I think that, yeah, I think that, um, those are the main ones. And so being able to, you know, categorize the plants that someone who may not know the plant can click on that and see what categories it's in, but then also be able to shop by those categories. Mm-hmm. If, you know, I don't know what specifically plant I want, but I'm a beginner. What do they recommend? And being able to, to go to that tab and, and see those options, I think, is going to help the end user. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... I think just build confidence because then they can buy that plant worry-free and know, oh, it's not an advanced plant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And I, I do think that you're hundred percent right on that. Cause like, yeah, you want that confidence going into mm-hmm. it. Not, not kind of dreading the package showing up because, well, you sure hope you can, you know, right. do it right. And so then the, not, not having to send Miriam an email to be like, is this going to kill my pet? You know, mm-hmm. like to, to just know that it's good and safe and, and to be able to, really just trust us with that information. Um, and I trust you with that information yes. ultimately. <laughs> so, so I take this seriously. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and we're working on it. And like, like we said, um, it'll most likely be April 1st is when customers will start to see that awesome. the website will kind of look a little bit updated and we'll have a, a few more ways for, for customers to get connected in that. Um, before we go, Brett, what, uh, what are you most excited for in Q2? Like at Q2 covers, obviously April, through June. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're in the hot months essentially now in that, in that group. What are you, what are you looking for most in yourself? What are you looking for most in the team? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we didn't rehearse any of these questions I, ahead of time. So <laughs> <laughs> this is all authentic. Uh, me just asking you on the fly. I'm looking forward to continuing to learn how the operation works in and out throughout the different seasons that we're going into. Because when I came in January, I feel like we had maybe 20, 25% of the benches were empty. And I was like, oh, let's let's fill these with plants and do it. And now we're working with maybe 5 to 10% empty. And so now it becomes the juggle of we sell plants, we then condense benches to, you know, uh, open up that space yeah, that those more plants space. were, put more plants in. So being able to learn how to one, not overbook and buy TC that I then don't have a bench to put it on. But then also having that vision and that foresight to say, I know we're going to sell this many plants next week, you know, be able to be able to work with that and uh, learning how to continue to be adaptable. Kind of like we talked about earlier with like, yeah, there it is sometimes coming in and being like, oh, I totally wasn't planning on watering mm-hmm. that entire bench today by hand, but right. I guess that is the number one need. So, and you're right, that does change throughout the seasons mm-hmm. too. So, um, and you have a ton of experience, obviously, in like higher learning and stuff with plants too, but this is your first real, I mean, you, you did it yeah, in so, college and stuff, but this is your first real like commercial right. growing so operation. In high school, I worked at a greenhouse in Richmond, Virginia, um, where I went to high school and but that wasn't on a managerial side. So, you know, I was, I was filling pots, sticking plants, but having to follow orders of a greenhouse manager throughout the seasons is different than being the one giving the, you know, direction. The, yeah. Programming and direction um, and being able to do it accurately and confidently is what I'm 
I think, looking forward to most being able to learn. Well, you're doing a great job. And I mean, the whole Thank the you. whole team, Greenhouse and all of our other teams shipping. I mean, all the other people who just make Gabriella what it is. It's been so rewarding to um, honestly in 2021 be able to take a little bit of a step back and just be a resource to you and the other mm-hmm managers running different locations in different aspects of our no definitely definitely shout out to the greenhouse team because i mean i've been here three months but i am i am just a piece of the of the puzzle that is over there and i mean having having everyone there who knows knows what is going on and uh you know some people have been there Michelle's been there like 15 20 years oh yeah right? yeah she's uh, more qualified than both <laughs> of us combined. <laughs> um so just being able to have those people to lean on when I may be unsure of things and uh, also being able to, you know, unfortunately be sick for a week and then have everyone jump in and still make sure that the greenhouse ran efficiently is, I mean, shout out to those, to those people because I could not run the greenhouse if it was just me. Yeah. And it's crazy how we're now what, 26 people on staff Mm -hmm. plus the dev team. So, um, and, and it's still that family, Oh, absolutely. Environment of, absolutely. oh, Brett's out. All right. Well, who's doing the water? Who's doing <laughs> the water and worksheet? You know, our, let, uh, let's pick this up. Our ag inspector came out for a yearly inspection and uh, she's like fresh out of college. And she was like, oh my goodness, this is such a fun atmosphere. She was like, I want to come work for you guys. That's awesome. Um, really? Because, yeah. She said, Sarah said that because we were just, I mean, we we're having a good time doing work, but yeah. like having a good time. Music going. Yeah. Exactly. Having a good time. Yeah. It's always, <laughs> um, I'm sure you like it too. And I know if Courtney, um, our greenhouse team leader right now, if she was here, she would echo this comment, <laughs> but like the coolest thing is definitely getting to walk into the greenhouse and, you know, most, uh, owner operators would be get, get really, uh, frustrated by people having a, uh, converse, a full blown conversation mm-hmm. and, and not really doing the task. But then as you get closer and you walk up on the conversation, it's like, Oh, well, I never knew that they would, I never knew that this plant would grow upside down if you made mm-hmm. it do that, you know, and it's just something into a, a plant <laughs> and how to do their life. So even just the amount of discussion that happens, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's passions there. They're all trying right. to learn from you, from right. me, from each other. Um, and it's so cool to see, like you're saying, just one piece of the puzzle because they'll also just as easily see their coworker do that thing that they haven't done yet and mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, that's how, I, that's how that happens. I mean, it's a crazy learning environment That's a great point and that's something that I'm glad you brought up because I do want to add that to my answer is that I am very much looking forward to continuing to educate both the team and the customers um, in plants just across the board. Um, in February we did a greenhouse team workshop on air layering. And so everyone got a uh, ficus Audrey and I, you know, gave them the backstory of air layering and, and how to do it. And we did the process. And so I think now actually I'm going to go back today and I'm going to take everyone one by one because a bunch of those air layers are bursting with roots. And so now we got to, again, the, the warmer the temperatures are yeah. just making things catch right on up. So we got to cut them off and pot them up into their own things. And being able to, I mean, that's with most plants is it's just so rewarding to go from almost nothing to something mm-hmm. and in such a short amount of time is amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you, you do just an incredible job at, you know, what you're doing. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you were able to be on this week's podcast. Um, and we were able to just kind of talk through <laughs> some of the stuff going on in the greenhouse. Um, and we'll definitely have to have you back. Thanks yes, for everything you're doing, uh, to make Gabriella plants what it is. And, Um, All right, guys. Well, that's the show. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Certainly let us know what you think on our Instagram at Every Plant Story. 
and rank and review us on your podcast app of choice. It really does help out. Um, Brett, also, yes. I haven't checked the number recently, but as of the last podcast, we are 48th in Home and Garden in the United States. Wow. Right? Isn't that pretty cool? And only only eight episodes in. Yeah. All right, we're going to get there. I know, we're going to get there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. And I know you had some, uh, we'll talk after the show, you had some yeah. notes of people we may be able to get on oh, the yes. show too. So um, thank you guys for listening. If you guys uh, have any questions or show ideas, you can email them to podcast at everyplantstory.com. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.